This week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. You are listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR Radio, and this is your host, Anna Thompson, with New Memphis, and I am joined here today by our wonderful summer interns, Shreya Ganesh and Sean Ming. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Not everybody at once. <laughs> um, if you are an avid listener, you have already heard great things from them. Last week, we actually had them on for an entire episode, and they've been sitting in here and there um, this summer as they've been here with me. So I am very excited as we have bid farewell to our wonderful Christy, dear listener, um, that they are here to um, sit in with me and talk to the wonderful Wayne Moody. But before we get started um, on all of that, and I do an intro for our guest today, I wanted to talk to Shreya and Sean a little bit about back to school since it is August. So Shreya, when do you start school? August 8th. So in a few days. Yeah, so very close. (laughs) (laughs) And are you excited? Senior year at White Station? I'm excited for the school part since like I'm about to be a senior, like Anything not school just means work on college applications. <laughs> so I'm excited for, like, school because, like, you know, it's, like, your last time doing all these things. So, like, it becomes, like, way more fun. Very basically it's, yeah. it's all about you now. <laughs> it's basically all about me now because, like, oh, wow, you're the senior. So I'm excited for school. And, like, all the classes I'm taking this year are all classes I'm, like, pretty interested in because, like, again, it's, like, what my remainder of my classes that I'm taking or, like, whatever credits I need. So I am pretty excited for the year. And, like, I know I, like, said I was really stressed about college applications, but now that I'm, like, really, like, I made an account and stuff, it's, like, becoming more real. So, honestly, it doesn't seem, like, that far out. Like, I'm still stressed, but not as much because now I'm, like, okay, this is just everybody's doing it. It's not just me by myself. Yeah. So, I'm definitely, I'm very excited for the most part. I'm optimistic. I'm excited for you. I, I vividly remember my senior year, and it was very fun, and I, I guess I'm a nerd or I'm strange because I very much enjoyed um, applying to college, <laughs> actually. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm like a process-driven individual mm-hmm. or like, I'm, I think I am, I already know, I'm a, I'm a rule follower. So like having like a list in mm-hmm. front of me of like, fill in this box, you know, and then I'm a journalism major once I went to college. And so I was already naturally inclined to like writing about stuff. Yeah. And so like the essay questions were like, Hold my hold my things here <laughs> while I get going, and it's like, oh man, there's a word limit. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, yeah, that's fun. And what about you, Sean? Um, I go back to school mid September. Um, oh well, actually, goodness. not back to school. I guess it's to new, school yeah, for new the first school. time. Yeah, <laughs> new school. So, um, have you been to orientation already, or do you go? Yeah, so there? I have pre orientation um, mid September, and then orientation at the end of September. Okay, um, so when do you pack your bags and your boxes and go on up to Ch- Chi-Town, the uh, Windy City? Uh, I think September 13th. September 13th. Yeah. Wow. Late start. A late start. Are you excited about that? Um, are you ready to, like, get it get it done? I'm, I'm scared about, like, all these new experiences, but also um, it's so different from high school that I think I'll have a lot of fun. I think so, too. And the best part about college is you can be whoever you want to be in in that way, which is fun. Not that who you are is not good enough. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a nice time to just everybody there is new. So remembering that is mm-hmm. it's everybody's first time doing all of it. Just like Shreya, you were like, everybody's in the same boat with me. Same for you, Sean. Everybody's mm-hmm. in the same boat, which is fun. Um, so I am 
I love back to school shopping, actually. Like school supplies <laughs> are lovely. I do not have to do it yet for my daughter. She is too young. And I think now they do like boxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through school, which is kind of lame. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's wonderfully helpful. So like that's wonderful. But at the same time, like I loved back to school shopping. <laughs> Again, y'all are looking at me like, <laughs> this explains so much about you. <laughs> but I really did. Like, I just, yeah, the aisles and everything with all the markers and, and the there's paper. There's so many choices. The oh folders, my folders. Like, oh, I just love all that kind of organizational stuff. And then oh, just such good things. Such I know good. we had boxes, like, even when I was in elementary school, but like, you know, like when you head into the store, you're like, obligated to go through the aisles and pick the prettiest things. <laughs> it's so fun. Even like new lunch. That's really the only thing I have to buy for my daughter is like a lunchbox because she's, yeah, she goes through a lunchbox pretty fast. It's, <laughs> I don't know what she does to it. Um, but even those, I was like, oh, this is so fun. I love it. Okay. So today, dear listener, we have Wayne Moody in the studio with us. He is the executive director of Moody Community Development Corporation. And we will also be referring to this as MCDC today. Through MCDC's mission, Moody collaborates with government officials, private developers, bankers, and community leaders to convert vacant, abandoned, foreclosed, or tax delinquent properties into productive, into productive use. This also reduces blight, increases property values, and improves the overall quality of life for Memphis neighborhoods. Moody has dedicated his life's work to dismantling systematic injustices at the root cause of building sustainable solutions to drive toward an economically sound future for tomorrow. So I am really excited to talk to Wayne today about all he's doing um, the history behind what he's doing, where he hopes the future can go. And also, um, I'm excited to hear how he kind of threw caution to the wind, in a sense, and (laughs) jumped right in and kind of followed his dream and created MCDC actually during the pandemic. So I'm excited to hear a little bit more about that. So without further ado, here is Meanwhile in Memphis. Level Up. Join New Memphis as we present the first-ever Level Up Mid-South Leadership Summit on August 26th. During this full-day conference, develop your abilities, learn how you can give back to your community, and educate yourself on the crucial issues Memphis faces. You'll also have the unique opportunity to meet with local organizations on-site. Level Up by purchasing your tickets today at newmemphis.org events. Good morning, Wayne. How are you doing today? Excellent. How, how are you doing today? I cannot complain. I really can't. Good. Even though summer's almost over. It's yeah. hot outside. It, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is to be expected through about December in oh, these parts. Yes. Oh, but yes. I'm enjoying it, though. Yes. Well, good. Um, so I wanted to start off by having you share with our listeners a little bit about you. Um, are you a native Memphian? Okay. T- tell us your story. Um, I'm just a... You know, good old native Memphian, born and raised in South Memphis. Okay. Um, come from a very good family, the Moody family here in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, just just come from a lot of love. I've, I've been around a, a great group of people. And uh, through my time in Memphis, what I've learned is just uh, Memphis is a great city. Um, I graduated high school from Overton High. Ooh, uh, shout out to Overton. Yeah, shout out to Overton Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got a couple of white station Spartans in here. That's, I know. We, we won't hold it against them. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but um, 
After I graduated Overton, I ended up going to Shelby State Community College. It yeah. That's telling my age. It was Shelby State when I went, and now it's Southwest. It changed to Southwest the second year I was there. So Okay, well, that's I, not I you. was there with the name merger. Okay. Yeah, so after that, played two years of basketball at CBU and um, ended up getting my marketing degree. And that's where I met one of my great mentors, Dr. Reginald Payton, who kind of introduced me to, to the world of real estate. Okay. And uh, after college, Interned at his real estate firm and uh, ended up getting a real estate license back in 2005 or six. Telling my age again. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you were just an infant yeah, when you yeah. got here. Yeah. So we, um, you know, that was that was how I got my first introduction into the world of real estate. And uh, just throughout my journey of life, um, life brought me back to real estate pretty pretty consistently about five or six years ago, I started really diving into the opportunity and I just love where I'm at in life and I love the opportunity that Memphis has. Love to hear it. Mm -hmm. Memphis is so full of opportunity oh, and yes. possibilities. For sure. That's a fact. Um, so what intrigued you about real estate? What intrigued me about real estate? Um, when I bought my first house. Oh, okay. Yes. Was that a good experience or a not so great experience? It was a great experience because I was a real estate agent and that was my first transaction. Oh, yes. I love it. <laughs> so you got more than just a paycheck on that. Yeah, so I learned the process by working on myself. I was my test dummy. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Any pitfalls you would yes, yeah. I can I can I can speak to those pitfalls myself, but no, um I just saw how easy the opportunity was to transfer real estate once I was able to accomplish it for myself. So uh, in the process of purchasing my home, um, I started looking, I started started um, representing a lot more clients after that. They gave me a lot more confidence to be able to go out and know that I could do this for other people. Absolutely. So that was how I got my start into real estate. So give us a little bit of hope for the current housing market. Oh, it's, uh, it's silical. It, it goes around and around, so it's, it will never stop. <laughs> so it's always a good time to buy or sell real estate. You, you can't get caught up in these um, these trends, these trends, yeah. as well as all of these uh, fear tactics that they put out about interest rates and yes. all this stuff. I mean, uh, if you can afford to buy, buy, because there's, there, it's not enough real estate to uh, accommodate our population. Good to know, yeah. Definitely. I would agree with that. Okay. So tell me a little bit about Moody Community Development Corporation. Well, Moody Community Development Corporation, um, it, it really was something that came to me just naturally. Um, me growing up in Memphis, I grew up in the impoverished neighborhoods, just like most inner city Memphis kids. And um, I grew up in an old house. So Memphis has a lot of old houses. Yes, it does. Yeah, so uh, the house I grew up in was probably built in the early 1900s. Okay. So we had a lot of issues. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and I think when my grandmother bought the house, uh, she probably didn't know how to do many updates as far as updating plumbing, Cannot electrical. Blame her. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, fall I'm pretty in that sure. same bucket. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when I purchased my first house, I was very blind to all of these uh, type of things. So... I understand um, the housing market here and the history of the housing market here. You have a lot of old neighborhoods that was built for, you know, people in the early communities. Earlier in, in these communities were built in these houses. I still here, still around, but a lot of them haven't been updated. So I lived in one of those houses. So I got a chance to experience um, 
just living in an old raggedy house. <laughs> but I'm so thankful for the opportunity because the house had so much character. Yes. So um, I'm so my grandmother, she did a great job of purchasing real estate early on. And she actually uh, left two houses to her children when she passed away. So wow. understanding, you know, how she transferred her wealth to her children, it kind of inspired and she inspired me to, be, you know, get more active in the real estate industry and just trying to learn more for myself so I can do the same thing for my children. Absolutely. Is that how MCDC was born? Well, MCDC was born um, over the pandemic. Okay. <laughs> I was blessed to be speaking with one of my uh, college teammates who's a uh, lawyer in Washington, D.C. And I was telling him about all the great opportunities that I've been able to accomplish by flipping houses in Memphis. Mm -hmm. So um, throughout my, once I started uh, buying and selling homes for myself, it gave me the opportunity to get inside some of these neighborhoods and um, recognize the need for what I was doing on a much larger scale outside of just trying to make some money. Yeah. Um, I would go out, buy a house and fix it up and resell it, list it in MLS. And the day I listed in the MLS, I would probably get about 20 to 30 calls for showings for Jeez. one house. So it opened my eyes to the opportunity that it's a lack of housing. Absolutely. For the a lack of affordable housing. Yes. Yeah, so that nuance is absolutely very right, important. Right. The lack yeah. of affordable housing. So uh, the houses that I were I would renovate and fix up would be about between the price range of about 80,000 to uh, 200,000. Okay. So this was a very affordable home that most people would was fighting over. Yeah, you know? jump at. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about um recognizing the opportunity because I'm on the front line as a real estate agent. I just see I see what's needed. Okay, so tell us a little bit about the work that you do there. So with MCDC, my goal is to pretty much build affordable homes um, inside of minority and low-income communities. Uh, being a real estate agent, um, I can see on the front line that most of the new construction development is being created in the suburban communities. Yeah. And nobody's coming back in um, focusing on the inner city where the minorities are and uh, building new homes for these people and uh, for, the, for, the, for, for these citizens. So I, I recognize that need because I'm on the front line of selling this inventory to the, to the current citizens who are able to purchase this inventory. And it's really disheartening because it gets kind of sad because you get the, you have to turn so many people down. You're happy for that one person. The one person who comes out wins. on top. Yeah, yeah. But you got 20 other people who's begging for the opportunity. So um, I just recognized that um, if I was going to able, if I wanted to do more, my mission would have to include other people. Okay. I, I, I can't, I can't really accomplish this on my own, but for one, I can't afford it. <laughs> well, and for one, you'd never sleep. I yeah, mean, for my sure. word. <laughs> and for two, um, it's not always a profitable opportunity to go in and fix up a house in these areas because as a as an investor, I may not get be able yeah, to you get might the not, return yeah. on my investment. So it will have to put, come from a, a philanthropic perspective for us to be able to accomplish the goals. And as I got to seeking uh, help as well as uh, working with other people in the community, uh, the Community Development Corporation seemed like that would be the most influ influential way that I can use my talents and impact my community in a, on a larger scale instead of me just doing one or two houses every At a time. couple of, yeah. you know, you know, a couple of years to make it happen for myself. So, 
So tell us about some of the partners, some of the people that you've like been able to hook up with professionally to make this a reality. Man, uh, I have a great group, a great support group around me. Um, I've been able to work with uh, this young lady who has her foundation called the Giddy Up Foundation. Her name is McCrell Byer. Um, she has a nonprofit organization where she teaches inner city youth how to ride horses. Okay. Yeah, so we've been talking about doing a lot of cool things in the community, buying some additional land to do some do some positive things in the community. So uh, she's been a great, great connecting partner for me. And uh, this young lady who is a, um, she has a program through the Memphis City Schools. Her name is Toria Brown. She has a, a, a program called the Pursuit Center where uh, you have urban, you have youths who get in trouble in, in school instead of them going to juvenile court and, you know, getting punished through the court system, they send them to her program, which is a great program for the kids to be able to to be able to just um, go through a system that of correction instead of just going through a correctional system. Oh, yeah, I like so, that. Yeah. yeah. So she's um, she she has a great program and I've been able to connect with her as well as McCrell so, because I want to pass my information along to youth. So I've been going up, going over to both their programs and talking to the kids and speaking to them about the opportunities of real estate, just as an introduction, because I wish somebody would have introduced this to me early on so I could understand, don't mess my credit up before. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Listen know, up, turn this one up. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess my credit up or, you know, when you do have a job, understanding the process of buying a house because could have possibly bought a house when I was 25 years old if I really, really understood the opportunity because I had a job working at FedEx and inside sales, making about 60 grand a year for three years, had a high credit score, but my mind wasn't focused on buying a house at that time. And that probably would have been the best time to buy because my equity position would have been crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but no, I, I just wish I would have been introduced to these opportunities early on. So making sure that um, MCDC educates um, not just youth, anybody who wants to learn about the opportunity of real estate, because a lot of us just don't understand it. Are there opportunities to partner with um, not just youth, but any citizen of Memphis that isn't quite sure how to get started or how to even go about owning their own property? I will talk to you about real estate all day and <laughs> night if you call me. That's the one thing that... Um, I love to do is share information. So I would love to talk to anybody who needs help or just direction. Um, a lot of my friends and family, they call me every day asking me questions, you know, simple questions that, you know, that, you know, most of us just don't know. And um, that's my that's my role. I want to be able to help as many people as possible with understanding the opportunity. I'm so intrigued by that because earlier you even said, like, don't follow the trends and the fear tactics that are being kind of spun out regularly on, mm -hmm. on a very increasingly um, intense cycle. And so I'm curious what you would what advice you would have to anybody who thinks that owning their own home or going about that process is completely out of reach for them and they just aren't even going to attempt it. Well, like for me, <clears throat> it was one of those things where you need to be exposed to the opportunity. Um, I don't think it's just like a baby can't learn anything without being taught. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, the same thing. So I tell people, you know, success is on the other side of fear. Uh, that's the main thing. When you're scared, uh, this probably means you need to do it. <laughs> and then the second thing is um, it's a lot of opp programs and educational opportunities for you to that's available, uh, especially with the Internet. 
I think if if you seek seek the right information, I think the opportunities will come to you naturally through the law of attraction. So if you're really serious about trying to accomplish the goal or or you're scared to 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 not think that you can accomplish the goal, just go speak with somebody. Speak with a financial um, representative from a bank or try to get in touch with a real estate agent just to, so you can understand what the process is. And um, I understand that's where the disconnect really is. People don't understand and know what they what the capabilities and the possibilities are. So I don't know the I don't I don't have the answer to how do you fix it. I just know that we need to do something. We need to we need to come up with some kind of opportunity that will allow us to share information on a more consistent basis with um, everybody. Um, so how you've already mentioned a little bit on like a personal level, like the one to one basis of mm-hmm. flipping houses and everything like that. But how does MCDC um, go about also reducing blight in our city? I know that that's such a huge thing, particularly in very urban and dense areas. We have so many beautiful properties that. Mm-hmm could use a little TLC to be back to their, um, to recognize their true potential. So what are, what are the plans there? So with me as the executive director of MCDC, uh, my goal was to become a person that's kind of vertically integrated in a sense where I can control the processes from A to Z uh, for for the entire organization. So it comes from, like you said, acquisition of finding out how to acquire these blighted properties, partnering with organizations like the Shelby County Land Bank. Uh, they work with nonprofits and they donate properties to these organizations. So if you can find a, a way to acquire these properties at a at a low cost, uh, then you're going to have to have somebody to fix them up. So what I did was I went ahead and got my uh, residential construction construction license so I can be the person that can fix the properties up themselves. Wow. And um, I, I'm licensed and insured in construction, so I, I know all the uh, steps that it takes to renovate, pool permits, all these different things. So not only um, are we well-versed in acquisition, we're well-versed in the construction side of repairing and reconstructing these properties, these blighted properties. So uh, we have a goal to go out and acquire as many blighted properties as we can and and fix them up for the public and, and present them uh, for resale for, so people can have quality housing. Uh, you know, our mission is to provide quality housing um, in minority and low-income neighborhoods. And our vision is to afford each citizen um, the equal opportunity to maximize their full potential. So um, I think housing is a, a great part of people being able to maximize who they become because just having a nice place to come lay your head at night is a peace of mind that people, most people don't really even understand or appreciate that that basic need will fuel you to become somebody else that, you know, that that you possibly wouldn't become if you're in an environment that's not as, not so nice. So uh, my goal is to just be vertically integrated where we can produce these type of, we can create these type of opportunities from within the organization with, as a one-stop shop. We don't really have to depend on other a lot of other people to help make it happen. And then once we fix them up with me being a real estate agent, we can resell them. I can sell them. I can make sure that we pricing these properties right. And we these pro- and, and also that the community is getting these, um, <clears throat> we fixing these houses up so they can appraise, get the appraised value that they deserve. So the, so the community can um, receive the tax incentives that they, they can from just paying taxes on um, properties that are worth more now in, in the same neighborhood. So then you have more money going to the school systems and all these other outlets, you know, just by creating a, 
a new a new inventory for the for for the people who don't have this kind of focus. I'm curious. I know you've kind of alluded to it, but um, in the history of our city and other cities, um, particularly in the South, there has been a history of not allowing access okay. to to homes. And I'm curious what MCDC, aside from pricing it correctly and making sure that it's a comfortable place. Yes. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I'm presenting you with this gift. You probably already read it, but this book called The Color Law is the foundation of the history of how we've been, how the government pretty much segregated America and created the, the, the situations we're in right now. Yes. So I understand that this was a systematic, intentional, partially intentional uh, process that was created or a circumstance that was created. So it's going to take a systematic, intentional remedy to dismantle, fix it, yeah. to dismantle the situation. So that's where I come in at with the, you know, with with the with our community development corporation, I know it's going to take people from the private sector to help help with this. And um, you need a five hundred one c three status for people to donate to your organization, and it'd be an incentive for them. Yeah. So uh, no, nobody's really going to ever come give a for profit business a bunch of money to do it. <laughs> so the CDC is definitely a non profit five hundred one c three that that allows everybody to participate in this process. I love that. That's very interesting. Um, for those uh, listeners who are unfamiliar, can you kind of, in a brief nutshell, give us a little bit of the history about the lack of access? So, I mean, with with the lack of access, what has happened is the wealth ga- wealth gap has been created. Uh, when you, when you build white only communities, and those communities, those um, citizens can pass that house down to the next generation for years and years at a time. You take a person who has the same capabilities to go buy the same house and they're denied access, both of those people are gonna grow at a different rate because they can't financially support their families uh, the same way because they don't have the same amount of money because the wealth is not transferring at the same rate. So if you take that for 200 years or 300 years and you do that for two, 300 years and then you compound the, the effects of being locked out of um, banking systems where we can't go to banks and uh, get loans and you can't um, fix your properties up and maintain your properties because you don't have lenders who would lend to you. And then you take the fact that, you know, we locked out of the uh, economic system in, for, in America just as far as jobs. You cr- you're pigeonholing a certain society to be stuck in a um, in a just a, a unequal situation. And Absolutely. that's what we want to try to help remedy. I know that we won't be able to go in and change the whole system, but I can use my talents where I'm talented at. Absolutely. I love yeah. it. Um, it's so interesting to to know the history of that. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to to go through that book. But sure. um, it's also nice to know that there are people willing to roll up their sleeves and yeah, somebody do, the, gotta do, the do their part work. at chipping away <laughs> at that system. Because like you said, so what if you can't you know, well, take I, it all down? <laughs> I look at it, too, as a, a golden opportunity because, OK, yeah, we this is where we're at. Mm-hmm. But where are we going? So we don't have to stay in the position we're at. So to me, um, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So you've had all these great neighborhoods, these great homes built, and they've been left behind. Nobody wants them anymore. But to me, I see opportunity. I see that we can go in if the houses are not um, 
fixable. We can turn them down and fix a new, put a new one there. Yeah. You still have a plot of land. Absolutely. So we can maximize the and use our land for the highest and best use. And all we got to do is, uh, you know, put a little put a little effort into it, and have a a, a conscious plan of what we're trying to accomplish and and go for it. Uh, a lot of the things that I've been able to accomplish in life has come from me just trying. I've never really had a um, a, a roadmap to success, but I've never been try. I've never been scared to take the shot. Mm-hmm. You can only make the shot by taking the shot. So this is another shot that I'm willing to take. I love it. Um, so who can participate? Um, are there requirements needed to be? Um... Moody CDC is for everybody. We want all inclusive. We open to. Anybody who has ideas, uh, financial funding, um, land, housing that you want to donate, we're open to working with anybody, private, public, government, uh, New Memphis. <laughs> we want we want all the help that we can get. That's one thing I do understand. Um, Fred Smith didn't build FedEx by itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got thirty thousand employees in Memphis, <laughs> so we need. I need. I need as much help as possible. Yes. Absolutely. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what makes MCDC a unique asset to our community? Uh, it's homegrown. This is um, that's the um, the love, the the passion is genuine. I mean, I ran, rode up and down these streets, playing basketball in every neighborhood. I've uh, got friends from every part of the city, so uh, love this city. It's just one of those things that you're gonna get a um, you're gonna get a genuine a genuine response from MCDC. It's not uh, we're not looking for any accolades. We don't want any any extra shine. I just want to I just want to work. So we're gonna we're gonna make some stuff happen, and we're gonna make our community a better place. For Memphians by Memphians. That's us. That's nice. Yes. Um, what should the average Memphian know about MCDC? That they might not already know. That we're here to serve. We want to serve the community. We don't. We just want to use our talents in a positive way, and we want to make a a positive splash, a positive influence, and uh, just try to create a better place for everybody. Just make it make it fun, vibrant, and um, happy. <laughs> I love it. That's where our missions align for sure. Yes. Um, so, how can listeners follow along and or participate in the work that you're doing? You can call me directly. My name is Wayne Moody at 901-340-1902. Or you can um, go to my website, which is moodycdc.com. Email uh, moodyinc44 at gmail.com. That's the most convenient one to use. So um, you can reach out and just see, see if we can sit down, set up a meeting, talk about how we can merge our our energies and make some stuff happen. I love it. I love how you like went through the entire list. So you can, you know, smoke signal, carrier pigeon, any way you want to get in touch with Wayne. Mm-hmm. He's here for it. I'm available. <laughs> Call him, text him, yes. beep him, whatever it is. Facebook. <laughs> um, so what is on the horizon? What are you most excited about? You have any projects coming down the pipe? Yes. So we acquired three lots in Whitehaven. So I'm ready to build some new housing. I'm ready to build our first house. I'm ready to um Put the put the uh, knowledge to action. I'm ready to just uh, make a splash, but I'm I'm just excited about um, even getting to this point. You know, most people don't see the the groundwork of setting a nonprofit up and getting your website set up and speaking to 
donators, don't uh, trying to get donations and uh, just all the hard work. So I'm ready to get to the fun part, which is build actually building the house. <laughs> Absolutely, you heard our um, to Shrey and Sean about that about yes. definitely their first foray into nonprofit, and we yes. were like, so what do you love? What do you not love? And they were like, wow, you really do everything. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> in house. It's, it's yeah. A comp- it's a it's it's a real corporation. So you know, most people think nonprofit is. It's it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a, just like any other company. You have to work it. You have to market the company. You have to uh, have operations. You have to have um, money. <laughs> All of it, absolutely <laughs> for sure. But no, we looking. We just looking for people to come in if you want to donate to help us build these first couple of houses, and just get the ball rolling. So once people see the work that we can produce, maybe we can do a lot more. Yes, that word of mouth can mm-hmm. grow from there. For sure. Shreya, Sean, do y'all have anything you want to ask Wayne? Yeah. Um, what is like your favorite thing? Because I know you said that you didn't even like go into your career thinking like, oh, you want to do real estate or like right. do this. Like what is like your favorite experience or like something that you learned? Like maybe like a person you met or something through real estate and like through doing this like foundation. Yes. Um, yeah. So what is your favorite thing that you've learned or like your favorite like experience or person that you've met so far? I love networking. So I have my degree in marketing. Mm-hmm. I love the aspect of just meeting a lot of the cool people like you guys. Like this <laughs> is the fun part of what I do because I get to tap in with people who have different backgrounds, resources, and uh, talents. And that's what most, I think that's to what New Memphis stands for is having a collective group that we can all pretty much lean on each other to, to become better people. So I mean, I meet great people along the way. Like I've been sitting, I sat down with um, David Scully from Duncan Williams, a uh, great guy, a uh, great resource, tapping me into uh, to these opportunities to meet with you all. Um, my brokers, um, Reginald Payton at the Payton Company Realtors, my broker, Eddie Scruggs at Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, these guys are dinosaurs when it comes to just being real estate um, wizards, they have been in the game a long time. They have a wealth of information. So my journey has afforded me to meet some great people, and that's the that's I think um, your net worth is your network is your net worth. You Ooh, thanks <laughs> for that. Yeah, Let yeah. that marinate. Yeah, we always so. say we're transforming Memphis through the power of connection. But I really like that your network is your net worth. Jeez. Yes, 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 <laughs> you yes. don't trademark it. I know. I We're think gonna- so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on a T-shirt and sell a million T-shirts. <laughs> I love it. But no, that's a, that's a great question, though. But that is that has been the best thing that uh, real estate has provided for me is just meeting great people. Meet a lot of great real estate agents. Meet a lot of great clients. Like, the houses that I fix up, it'd be funny because I'm the seller representing me and my partners and I would have the buyers call me and tell me thank you. <laughs> so that's when you know you're doing a good job, a good service. When you ha- you know you don't, somebody's happy to pay you. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> um, you talked a little bit about doing things in your community before you did real estate, like playing basketball and stuff like that. Exactly. So how do you think that um, was important to uh, your task now? My whole journey is built me up to be the person that I am now. Sports, I can't talk enough about it because it gives you that team perspective. And that's where I come in with where my my ideal of Moody CDC is building a great team because Mm -hmm. I have that sports background. I've been the uh, last player on the bench and I've been the best player on the team. So 
throughout my time, I understand whatever role is needed, that's what you need to play in order to succeed as a team. And uh, no one, it's no I in team. So you have to make sure that everything you're doing is for the betterment of the group. And uh, that's what I think sports has a, has gave given me the opportunity to just have a perspective of of inclusive unit mm -hmm. being a co cohesive group to make to win the championship because yeah. the goal is to win the championship right yeah <laughs> you're all going for it uh that reminds me i saw something floating around on social media i believe it's the duke women's basketball coach mm -hmm. who's given an inspiring talk and it was like um the championships like whatever it is doesn't go to the people who uh, think it's going to get easier they go to the people who can handle who get better at handling the hard stuff adversity is a. Uh, gonna always be around it's life doesn't get easier i have two children at home mm, uh, beautiful <laughs> wife um and i promise you every day i learn something new about myself uh that i thought that i had figured out so you have to always be willing to accept you know the good and the bad but mm. you know at the end of the day i think the um i think we're here for a reason and you know, it's a matter if um, you're gonna do be a positive reason or a negative reason, and I'm just trying to be a positive, mm -hmm. positive, positive force. <laughs> I love that. Um, what is something that you would like tell younger people who are like wanting to do something similar to you? Mm -hmm. Like, what kind of things would you advise them? Like, what to do in college, or like what kind of opportunities to like start? Yeah. yeah. I think the best thing is for younger people is mentors. Um, Retweet. Having somebody to be able to see, so you can see it happening. Um, that was my biggest um, thing for me being a younger person to get into real estate. My professor introduced it to me. If he had never introduced it to me, no telling what I would be doing. I mean, after college, I became one of the biggest party promoters in the city. So <laughs> I, I probably would still be trying to throw parties if I didn't. <laughs> but no, that was a great, that was a great, great uh, journey as well. But uh, no, mentors. I think younger people need to have access to see what's available. Um, somebody like you, whatever you have interest in, if you can see somebody successful in your interest, it'll push you to go in that direction. So I think that's the most important thing that a young person can, can seek, the right kind of leadership. And someone too, um, who can invest back in you and can see that potential and that spark and um, kind of foster that. Yeah, mentors are investors as well. <laughs> yes, in that you know, emotional capital and all that other stuff that matters so much. For sure, for sure. I mean, my, my first, my broker, like I told you, I got into real estate because my broker was my professor in college. So he, I took seven marketing courses from him and he saw something in me that I didn't see. And after college, he allowed me to intern at his real estate office, which was, um, that was very key to who I am today because I got the chance to see a black man running his own real estate firm. Um, also, he had um, property management. So he had construction guys going out to fix all the uh, properties they were uh, property management and he made me do what they make y'all do <laughs> throw them into the deep end <laughs> so one of the cool things he allowed me to do was balance his uh bank accounts Ooh. to the penny i had to do it manually <laughs> to the penny and it wasn't easy and if i was a penny off he would make me do it over 
These would be three, four hundred thousand dollar accounts. I was gonna say, so that's like the data entry y'all been doing. Yeah, it's like, what is this for? But it's for when you run your own business. You need to know how to count your money. So you need to make sure that every penny is accounted for. Because if it's your money, you gonna want your, you gonna want every penny. So that was something that you know I couldn't pay for. Nobody in my family has a real estate firm and could show me that and could put me on the front line. And then he also. I was also able to see, like I said, just seeing a black man in that position. That was inspiring. It was very inspiring. Absolutely. It also taught you to be detail-oriented, I'm, I'm sure. So I'll, <laughs> some of those, like, secondary uh, benefits as well. For sure. For sure. I mean, and I saw how hard he worked. That's, the main, that's one of the key ingredients to me understanding what it takes. This guy was a professor at Christian Brothers. Having a full-fledged real estate firm, owned his own real estate, and he was making it look easy. You wow! Know, so I was like, I gotta at least be an agent. Because <laughs> <laughs> I gotta at least do that, yeah, right? Yeah, so uh, you know, when you, you when your bar is set high enough for you to to try to grow and reach it, you know, I think those are the people you need to surround yourself with. So I say mentors. Okay. I think a lot of young people are. Uh, especially me, I think, have difficulty like picking that career path. Mm -hmm. So would you say that it was difficult to choose like, you know, I'm going to go into this new field? Um, and would you have any advice for people thinking about doing that? Um, no, I think you're right where God wants you at. You know, I think you're right where you need to be. I think uh, we put a lot of emphasis on trying to figure out who we want to become instead of creating who we become naturally, like letting it naturally um materialized like me i'm 41 years old so I, I didn't buy my first house of five years ago so this wasn't i'm just now figuring it out i'm so you you have you're ahead of me <laughs> <laughs> we tell them that a lot yeah, yeah, you're ahead of me so um the cool thing about um just taking your time is you allowing yourself to develop and become um the person you want to become naturally. You're not doing you're going you're not doing what somebody else wants you to do. Like mom mm -hmm. wants you to be a doctor. And you go and study for eight, nine years and you hate it. And that eight, nine years, not saying you can't you you may not become a doctor, but you may become a doctor, but if it doesn't bring you peace, what are you doing it for? Joy you, you what are you doing it for? So mm -hmm. I think um as time come, you'll figure out what you'll start paying attention to what you like. And then if you could find a way to make money doing something you like, then that's your talent. You know, that's your that's that's how you use your talents. But I don't think uh, you need to go to college and have to have a degree, pick your degree major out the first year of college. Like, why? You don't even know what you're interested mm -hmm. in. Like me with marketing, I wish I would have got a real estate license, a real estate degree right out of college because I like real estate. <laughs> uh, I like marketing, too. But in, in my opinion, um, degrees are great. I love it. I love everything college stands for, the discipline. But if, I tell most people if they're going to go to college, you should go to college and get licensed at something instead of just get a degree. You can get a degree along with a license, so, but you need to be able to run your own business. Or a license provides the opportunity for you to have your own firm or have your own practice as a doctor mm -hmm. or have your own law firm or um, even just you're talking about a technical license, you know, construction license you know you have to have a license in most cases to be able to do certain things so i tell people to when you go to college try to make sure if you can do something that's gonna uh, get you a license as well as a degree 
It's interesting too. I feel like we've talked about this a little bit um, and my fascination with like the general, the generational workforce and like the differences, but like, so my mother is an optometrist. Okay. And so she went to med school to be an optometrist. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, I think it was a different, you know, a different time, of course. Um, And she said, she was like, when I was coming up, if you went to law school, and you, at the end of it, you didn't like it. You were still just going to be a lawyer. Right. Like you went to school to be a lawyer. You're going to be do- a lawyer. Like you sure. went to med school. You're going to be a doctor. It doesn't really matter if it, you know, if it's your passion or not. Like that's what you like. It was just a different kind of time. And I was like, I don't think it works like that anymore, mom. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't think it works like that. Like that's not no, I the have, expectation. I have a friend, um, lawyer. She ended up quitting, quitting her job and started working for the Grizzlies. <laughs> oh, yes. 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 She's a friend of ours. Yes, yes, yes indeed. Uh, yeah. So I, I know people who, you know, they eventually follow their passion mm-hmm. opposed to just trying to make money or be, you know, find a way to enjoy your life as well as make money. I think it's also important to do what y'all are already doing, and that's getting involved and having internships to get experience, because then it does help you understand what you like and what you don't like about being in the workplace. I love it. I interned at City Hall when I was 17 years old. Got a chance to be around Mayor Harrington. Uh, That was the coolest experience for me because I was so young, walking around (laughs) City Hall and just, I don't know what they had me doing. I was working in the mail room or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a great summer experience because I got a chance to see um, a lot of professional people and being a, uh, that environment. And it, 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 it was an inspirational. So this is great. You guys are in a, a, a super cool situation to be around talented uh, professionals like Miss Anna here. And oh, um, you're kind. being able to just see how a um, full-fledged operation is run and what mm-hmm. it takes. So you'll have an idea of what what it's going to take for you to be successful with whatever career path you choose. I think to Wayne's point, too, I don't think you're going to miss your destiny in that way. Like, even if you take, you know, a more curvy path from point A to point B, I think you're going to get there eventually. That's it. I'm 41. (laughs) (laughs) It's not happening for me. (laughs) No, so to my point, I sold my house. I bought my house five years ago, so... I've been licensed real estate agent for 13 years. I got my real estate license right out of college, um, 2005, 2006. Yeah, so right out of college. And I had my, I held my license until 2012, 2011, 2012, but I didn't really sell a house because I started throwing parties. And my party, I'm serious, my party promotion company was the one of the biggest party promotions company in the city. We would throw parties in Miami, Atlanta. We had Memphis going crazy, downtown Memphis. We was having so much fun. But I was able to start my party promotion company because I had a marketing degree. And I realized that the internet was a way to reach people without paying for it. So we would use Facebook and MySpace and all these old dinosaur (laughs) 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 to uh, promote our party. So it was a free way for us to reach people. So from your point, the basketball, the parties, all of this created the person I am now because now when I'm selling real estate, I'm, I'm I'm kind of popular. <laughs> you know people. Yeah, I know a few people, but it allows my marketing, my party promotion company allows me people to know. It allowed me to transfer into real estate really easy because I already had a, a group of people that I can market myself to that knew me. So all of it worked together. So that's what, mm-hmm. so your path will be created by you just taking your chances and trying to figure things out along the way. And I don't think you ever just figure it out. I mean... Once you, I mean, you look at Elon Musk, one of my biggest inspirations when it comes to just taking chances. Um, 
started by digitizing yellow papers, putting phone numbers on, on the, at the yellow pages on the computer. Sold that made twenty two million. When and the PayPal, so that made four hundred million. They start Tesla and all these other great companies. So when does he stop? What's next? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Shoot your the, shot. Yeah, you go. You go to the moon next. You know. So um, I think I think the journey of life is a continuous path. So you just you you, you go at your pace and you you find your peace and joy at your pace. Love it. Good deal. Was there anything that we didn't touch on, Wayne, that you were hoping to be able to share with our dear listeners? Um, please, everybody go pick up The Color of Law, this book wrote, wrote by Richard Rothstein, just talking about the um, history of how the government segregated America so we can focus in on how to remedy these situations of inequality and um, just try to come up with ways to better our community as a as a group. Uh, but like I said, please reach out to me, 901-340-1902, Wayne Moody, Moody Community Development Corporation. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Your future is waiting. Did you know that some of the largest companies in the nation and in the world are located right here in Memphis? Learn what opportunities are available and how to get your foot in the door through New Memphis Launch. Launch connects college students to the networks and professional opportunities available right here in Memphis. And the best part, it's all free. That's right, free. Let New Memphis help you get connected and land your dream job. Visit newmemphislaunch.org today. Okay, so Shreya and Sean, what did what what are your thoughts about today's chat with Mr. Moody? Um, I think it was really insightful. A lot of times, um, young people aren't thinking about real estate as a you know first profession to get into, but um, he talked about how easy it was, and um, I think to me and to a lot of listeners probably um, we'll look into it. Yeah. That's good to know. I know I loved the way that he talked and how he really emphasized, like, even though he didn't go into it directly, like, how much he loved doing it and, like, how the journey and, like, how the things that he did before, like, helped him so much and, like, the connections that he made, Um, especially because, like, I feel like I'm such a person who, like, enjoys networking and stuff and, like, seeing the way that he used all those connections to do, like, so much good inside of Memphis. That was, like, so inspiring to listen to. Does it kind of make you understand a little bit of like the behind the scenes strategy of like some of our collegiate engagement work and like why we do what we do here at New Memphis. Yeah. And um, he talked a lot about how his college experience and um, his entire life brought him to um, the person he is today and how important that was to um, his goal of doing good. So a lot of what New Memphis does is also encouraging that. I love it. It was really exciting to me because I I always love a guest who brings a gift. So I'm excited (laughs) to dig into The Color of Law by Richard Rothstein. Rothstein. Um, A Forgotten History of How Our Government Segregated America. So again, not a light read, dear listener, but I think a very impactful one. So I definitely know about redlining, um, specifically in Memphis and other cities like Memphis. But I'm, I'm interested to see it and see what this has to say, see if I know, um, can figure out any new nuggets of information about what it has meant and how the effects of that have compounded generally, generationally. Sorry, I can't mm-hmm. speak right now. So um, what was the most 
eye-opening to each of you about any of the stuff that Wayne talked about today? Um, I think uh, when he talked about how he didn't know what he wanted to do at first, but um, his journey led up to a certain point and like he was just comfortable where he was at all times. Um, I think, especially as a young person, um, looking towards the future is something that we do a lot. And just knowing that we will be okay yes. um, is very comforting. That is, that's very nice. <laughs> a nice reminder. I know kind of to, on what Sean said, like he was very comfortable with where he was. And like, I feel like a lot of people will be like, oh, you have to like live this sort of life to make all this change. But he did everything with what he had and he is making so much more change. Like you would think, oh, you have to go to like a, like a top university and like get all these things. But he switched colleges in the middle and he was just like figuring out what he wanted. And now he's able to do everything that he wants to like the fullest potential because he took the time to learn and he did the most with what he had literally. I think the few things, like, I'm uh, a big, like, slogan person, so I really <laughs> liked that he said, your network is your net worth. That was, like, <laughs> like mind blown. I was like, okay, yeah, it actually is, like, an asset to have people that you can call on to help you. And, like, he was talking mm -hmm. about don't be afraid to ask for help, and you don't have to know it all, like, if you want to pursue something. And then the value of mentors also is something that I have seen in my time in the workforce, which I know to y'all seems like an eternity, but is only about a decade, actually, that I've been out of college and in the workforce. So at first, I didn't really understand why people would like preach at me that mentors were so important. But as I've witnessed other people's growth and their trajectories in the career for like in their career, it is evident those who have that strong, you know, mentor behind them and coaching them, teaching them, helping them realize things about themselves that would definitely take a lot longer on your own, mm -hmm. um, whether those be good or bad, like things not to do or things to do. So um, that always hits home to me. Um, I also was struck the whole time he was talking about uh, the importance of land and our city and our communities. And I was reminded of that song, like that you can buy dirt. And so like, you can't buy a lot of things in life. You can't buy quote unquote happiness or whatever, but um, being able to set yourself up to eventually be a homeowner um, is something exciting. And I love that MCDC is building a bridge for access in that mm -hmm. way to different communities and for our city to reach its fullest potential. So that was really exciting for me. I know when he was talking about how like houses get like passed down like generationally, like for me, that wasn't the case because my parents like immigrated here. So for them, it was like their fresh start. But for him, when he was saying like, oh, like my like mom or like my grandma like left us houses. So like him being able to take these like abandoned houses and like just like properties and being able to turn that literally into like a gift that keeps giving. I was like, I never even really realized like how impactful or like I definitely knew it was important, but like him describing it yeah. and like saying like exactly what he does to like provide lives for people. I was like, that is crazy. It was so interesting to listen to him talk about it. Well, it's interesting, too, that you say that because like if your parents might like immigrated here, it also goes back to that generational wealth that we were talking about with redlining and different things like that. Like it just is so interesting to me. Um like how that can go into your trajectory and just your daily life, how much it actually impacts your day-to-day -day life. When mm -hmm. I naively didn't think that much 
of things like that. I didn't know how deeply it does impact your day-to-day life. So it's very interesting to me that he is also taking his talents and not just chasing money also. So we love you, Wayne. Um, Thank you so much for using your time and talents for um, making our city a better place. And even if that doesn't always get you the best return on your investment, but I think it does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is actually the last podcast with our lovely interns. So is there anything you would like to say to our listeners? Um, keep listening to the podcast. <laughs> I love it. We didn't actually ask him to say that. <laughs> I know. Definitely be advertising this podcast. Um, I know. I think it's so important that this podcast, because like, again, like even before I did this internship, like I didn't really know what New Memphis did. And so New Memphis using their like platform and like using this as an avenue to even talk more about other things in Memphis and like the people of Memphis. Like, I don't think I would have particularly done any specific research about real estate in Memphis, but now that someone who's like experienced and like lived it and knows it, like literally that's his life. Um, like coming to talk to us about it and like me being able to ask him questions like in person, like, I don't think I would have gotten this experience anywhere else. I love it. Um, Well, you will certainly be missed in the studio and around our office, but we have loved having you here. So big (laughs) thanks to Bank of America and to each of you for your outstanding job this summer and for being picked as Bank of America student leaders in the first place, which was already a feat. So um, congratulations on that. So before we leave you, dear listener, we have a few end of show announcements. We are very excited that um, we have our Level Up Mid-South Leadership Summit just around the corner at the end of August, August 26th. This full day conference is going to be full of amazing facilitators, breakout sessions, networking opportunities, because as Wayne did say, your network is your net worth. So you definitely want to cash in on that and make sure that you are at our Level Up Leadership Summit. It will be on August 26th. Again, we have amazing sponsors who have made it possible. And you can head over to newmemphis.org slash events to purchase your ticket there. Um, And we have an LDI event, uh, also celebrating, continuing on the celebration of our 25th anniversary of our leadership development intensive. We have a workshop um, coming up on August 23rd, I believe. So um, LDI alumni, you can definitely contact Jill Turner and or info at New Memphis if you are unsure of how to get involved in that to make sure that you can sharpen those skills already in your tool belt. And we are really excited about everything we have in store. We will have another Celebrate What's Right here this fall, um, a Memphis 101, some other really cool community engagement events, and we're going to keep on keeping on. So we love you, dear listener, and we would be remiss again to not remind you that both Wayne's organization and ours are both 501c3 nonprofits that are powered by your generosity and the generosity of our sponsors and funders. So no gift is too small and no gift is too large. You can head over to newmemphis.org and there is a giant red donate button. You cannot miss it. We are very excited and we welcome any gift. If um, you cannot give financially at this time, I would encourage you to shoot me an email at info at newmemphis.org. There are tons of other ways that we can use you, whether it's volunteering, nominating um, your friends and colleagues for our leadership development programs, or um, just getting involved. We At any of our events, I feel certain that in the absence of our interns, we could use uh, 
some extra hands. So with that, uh, I will see you next Tuesday. And Shreya will be back in school. So So, um, happy summer to each of you. Till next week. Bye. This week's episode was made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.